Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund and Restore the Mississippi River Delta. And I'm Simone Malas with Restore the Mississippi River Delta. Hello, Simone. You? I'm doing well. How are you? Welcome back. We've, we've missed you. We've had a few great shows, but of course, there's always a void when you're not here. But I know you've been very busy. There's been a lot of visitors to Louisiana and you've just had a lot going on. Um, and here we are at the end of March, hard to believe, um, heading into April. So how have things been going, Simone? Um, yes, Jacques, spring has sprung and everybody has decided that now is the time that they would like to come see coastal Louisiana. And we are never one to turn down an offer of such a thing. And so um, it has been very busy. I know we were trying to think about the last time I was on the show. It was at least after Mardi Gras, because I remember telling you that our theme song was playing <laughs> for one of the Mardi Gras events when I was with um, Christy Trail. So yeah, it seems like forever and ever. So this is a great way for me to kind of re-enter the Delta Dispatches atmosphere on a topic that I'm very familiar with and a guest that I love to work for. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't work for Bren, but um, yeah, that I love to work with. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I believe our last um, episode that we had with you, we were focused on the great outdoors with Bill Cooksey. And then, oh, that's of right. course, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had um, Louis Michaud on, we had our special Mardi Gras edition where our friends, Peter and Tyler with the American Shoreline podcast, uh, interview Deviani Carr. So, so yeah, it, what a great way to have you come back. And speaking of busy and speaking of a lot going on, our, our guest today, who has been a guest on Delta Dispatches before, um, certainly has the same situation in terms of the amount of, of work going on and the amount of progress. Um, so it will be really great to catch up with him and hear about all the things going on in coastal Louisiana. So Simone, why don't you tell us who our guest is, do the big intro and why you're excited to speak with him today? Yes, all the things, all the things, Jacques. Um, so I've known Bren Haas for a very, very long time, and probably depending on the day would would also depend on how I might introduce him. Um, but today I'll give him full credit. Um, he is the amazing leader at the Louisiana Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority as its executive director. He um, was elevated to that position, rightfully so, um, a couple of years ago, I guess three years now, Bren. Um, but I've known him back in the day when he used to work for the Department of Natural Resources um, and then did a couple of things and came on over to CPRA in the leadership position. So um, without further ado, welcome to the show, Bren. Thank you, Simone. Appreciate the introduction. Thank you, Jacques. Great to be here with you all again. Um, I, there are several Bren stories I can tell, um, but I'll I'll wait for those. Um, I'll sh I'll share those depending on how this this interview goes. But Bren, even when we talked about when we could uh, record this show, um, your days fluctuate wildly, especially when the Louisiana legislature is in session. Um, so, so tell us um, a little bit about how your year is going so far. Is every day crazy like today? Most days are as crazy as today, I have to admit. <laughs> But no, 2022 has been a really good year so far. It's been extremely busy, but uh, busy is a good thing. That means we're doing good things for our coast and for the people that live along our 
coast. I've, uh, as I tell uh, folks here all the time, I'll, I'll take busy any day. We welcome that and certainly appreciate it. So do you do you just make Greg Grandy stay in his office with his door closed so he can catch up on his Delta dispatches? Or do you two do you two tag up on things together? Well, I, you know, I'd say there's a friendly competition in terms of how many times <laughs> we've been on uh, on Delta dispatches, but uh, there's he's laughing at me, there's no way I can catch up. So a guy's gotta know his limitations and all I can do is uh, hope for uh, for a close second, I guess. So we want to talk about um, two big things today, but they're big, kind of complicated pieces. Um, so let's let's back up a couple of months. Y'all release annually something called, ironically, the annual plan. Um, y'all did that back in January. Tell us tell us a little bit more about exactly what the plan is. Compare it to something like the master plan that we might talk about as well. Sure. So, um, so as you said, the annual plan is something that we produce uh, each year, and it's really uh, pretty straightforward. It's it's an outlook of what we expect our revenues to be in the upcoming fiscal year, and then it's a projection on how we intend to expend those revenues um, in the upcoming fiscal year. It's uh, it's not just that that next fiscal year outlook. However, it does take a we can take a three year outlook. So, what's coming up in FY23 is kind of the primary focus of the annual plan that's being uh, evaluated and considered by the legislature right now, but it looks out at FY24 FY25 as well. So it, it is a, a list of those projects, again, that we intend to implement over the next few years, um, but it, and it, it also lists the schedules for those projects. So it's a, it's a way for us to be very transparent about the funds that come to this agency and how we intend to spend those for the citizens of the state. It um, is a, a subset, if you will, or a subsection of the overall master plan. So our master plan is a, is a plan that uh, is a very high-level, kind of long-range look. It's a 50-year, $50 billion plan that outlines the priorities for the coastal Louisiana. Uh, and the annual plan really is the implementation piece of that master plan. It takes parts of that master plan informs the public, informs our agency, and everybody for that matter on how we can implement that. can't implement it all at once, of course. Um, and so you've got to start chipping away with at it year by year. The annual plan outlines how we do that in CPRA. So, so Brent, I mean, the annual plan literally is the vehicle that gets projects off the ground, or should I say in the ground, um, year to year. And this year is certainly a, a big one, right? So tell us about the highlights um, from this year's annual plan and what are, what are some of the big milestones in it? Yeah, well, there's uh, quite a few, actually. So this, is, um, this year's annual plan uh, outlines the uh, receiving the revenues and expenditures of about one35 billion dollars uh, in along Louisiana's coast. That is uh, by far the largest um, investment in our coast uh, to date. It's the largest annual plan that we can produce uh, to date. So that in and of itself uh, certainly is, is a milestone. We anticipate that with that funding, um, about 142 projects will be either planning, engineering, design, or construction uh, in the coming fiscal year. Um, about uh, 92 projects, in fact, we anticipate uh, will be in construction. So, uh, quite a large uh, portion of the projects that are active and 
and about 81% of the funding actually constructing projects, getting those uh, in the ground, on the ground. Um, so very excited uh, about the progress there. Just to kind of put that in perspective, you know, I took a look back uh, at the fiscal year 18, so five years ago, um, both in terms of the number of projects and the amount of money that we anticipate expending. Um, that was about, those amounts were about half of what they are this year back in 2018. We had only 30 projects in construction back in 2018. That number has tripled for this year's year. So, very proud of the progress that we made in, in a pretty short period of time with a five-year span. And I point out that we've done that really with uh, pretty much the same staffing level that we had uh, back in 2018 uh, and with essentially the same operation. So, we've been uh, delivering more uh, with the same amount of, of human resources, I should say, that Good to, good to see us uh, grow in the program maturely. So, Brent, I mean, these are huge numbers. You said, you know, total costs of about $1.35 billion, 92 projects going into construction. I mean, the impact on that is tremendous. And certainly at a time when our communities need that vital protection and restoration more than ever. Um, and we talk about the risk reduction benefits of natural solutions and coastal restoration. Of course, the, the value of protection projects is a form of the lines of defense, um, the values to the ecosystem and wildlife habitat. But one of the things that we don't often talk about is with that, those investments come a lot of jobs and economic opportunity, right? So tell us a little bit about the economic benefits and, and some of sort of the jobs benefits of these investments. Sure. And that's a, that's a great point to make. I mean, when you think about the investment of over a billion dollars uh, into our coastal economy, that does indeed uh, have a significant you know, ripple effect. Um, it's employing a lot of folks. Most of the companies that we work with have uh, significant local presences if they're not, uh, you know, Louisiana-based companies uh, altogether. And so, um, that's something that we, we typically uh, like to highlight and, and is very important to us as obviously good good citizens and good stewards of the resources of the state of Louisiana. But uh, an investment in that, uh, you know, $1.35 billion amount, our, our good friends at GNO Inc. Um, have estimated that that could create uh, over 7,600 uh, jobs, direct jobs, um, which again is just a, a tremendous, uh, a tremendous uh you know, has a tremendous impact on the workforce in the state of Louisiana and keeping our citizens here in the state, uh, both here in state uh, and gainfully employed uh, in good jobs, jobs that typically have uh, an average uh, salary that's higher than uh, than the statewide average. Yeah, Bren, and what's also important about those numbers um, is that that we hope to do this for the long term, right? This is not just a one-time shot in the arm that with the Coastal Master Plan and with some of the things that we have on the books right now that we really could sustain job numbers like that well into the future. That that's right. That's right. I mean, this is not uh, a one shot, you know, one and done kind of a situation. The work along our coast, uh, you know, will continue for for many many years, and will need to continue for many years. And um, the expertise that is being developed here, and the labor force and, and workforce that's being developed here, will be in demand for uh, for many years to come. Um, so again, that's something that we're very proud of about our coastal program. 
Yeah, so let's talk about some of those projects along the coast. If, if you don't mind, let's go region by region. It, it, um, there's enough to highlight in each region. We, we have our favorite projects, but we want you to talk about your favorite projects. Um, so let's start with the Southeast region. Talk about um, the Delta. Talk about some big projects that you're excited to see move and um, make progress. Absolutely. Well, the Delta uh, is the Delta because of the river that runs through it, right? And so um, there are several projects that are uh, on tap um, that are being developed now and are, are certainly on tap um, for the upcoming fiscal year that would help to reconnect the river that built uh, this southeastern portion of the state that uh, uh, that we that we live on and that we know so well um, to help uh, to sustain and recreate that. And so there's the two mid-basin uh, diversion projects, the Mid-Barataria Sediment Diversion and the Mid-Breton Sediment Diversion Project um, are all advancing, of course, in this upcoming fiscal year. Mid-Barataria, we anticipate moving into construction, which is a huge milestone um, in the upcoming fiscal year. But then there's a third project that we anticipate beginning construction on as well as the reintroduction uh, of the Mississippi River into the Marpaw Swamp. Um, and that's a, a unique project in, in that it's both reconnecting the river with its floodplain, with its deltaic plain, providing much needed, needed uh, freshwater nutrients uh, and a little bit of sediment to that swamp that has been dying for many, many years. But it will protect that swamp that will sit in front of um, a recently approved uh, hurricane risk reduction system. So it's a real integration of risk reduction with uh, restoration when you were talking about the um, West Shore Lake Pontchartrain Hurricane Risk Reduction System. Um, there are many, many other projects in the southeastern portion of the state. The Golden Triangle Marsh Creation Project uh, is important. It's right there uh, adjacent to the Inner Harbor Navigation Canal uh, flood wall um, in Orleans and St. Bernard Parishes. Another huge project being built along um, Lake Bourne is Lake Bourne Marsh Creation Project. It's almost 3,000 acres of marsh will be recreated between Lake Bourne and Mr. Go. Um, that's about a four-mile stretch from around Shell Beach to Lena Lagoon will be uh, rebuilt there in an area that's been really heavily impacted, of course, by, not only by the fact that the MRGO was constructed there and built there, but uh, by recent hurricanes as well. Uh, one of the largest living shoreline projects that we've ever undertaken to date will be built in this upcoming year as well, the Biloxi Marsh Living Shoreline Project. So lots of good things happen uh, in the southeast and um, um, other portions right. of the state. I mean, clearly I threw you a softball for the southeast region. Of course, we can use the power of the river to, to restore that area. So, yeah, yeah, you hit on some good projects there. <laughs> but let's talk about let's talk about my people. OK, in south central Louisiana. What you doing for, for my friends in Lafourche, my family in Terrebonne, which what, what you got to say about South Central Louisiana, Bryn? Well, we're doing stuff there too, as you know, Simone. Um, lots of good stuff. Um, as I like to say, we're doing work from uh, Holly Beach to, to Hopedale in uh, the south central portion of the state. Is certainly not left out of that. Um, of course, one of the biggest things that's happening there is the Morganza of the Gulf uh, Hurricane Risk Reduction Project. Um, the state and the, and the locals in Lafourche and Terrebonne uh, parishes have invested about a half a billion dollars in that project, and we finally have gotten our first federal dollars appropriated for that project. Really big news for the region, really big news for that project. Um, and so work uh, to continue to, to finish that project and to raise it to uh, the standards um, that are appropriate for risk reduction in that area uh, will continue the next year. 
a big part of that, a big piece of that, again, is one of these integrated projects that I just mentioned um, in the southeastern portion of the state is the Oma Navigation Canal Lock Complex. Um, and so that really is is one of the, the key features in that Morganza to the Gulf risk reduction system. It is a lock on a navigation channel, uh, but it also has a, a so it's got the, the, the purpose of, of uh, forming a barrier against hurricane storm surges, but it also, of course, um, will serve uh, the needs of the region ecologically in that it can help force fresh water that's coming from the Chafalaya River down the HNC into the marshes surrounding um, that structure to help stabilize and restore those. Um, there's a Bayou Terrebonne Ridge uh, restoration project that's being constructed um, in that region as well. Of course, Sparrow Island work is ongoing and continue to will continue to uh, be ongoing in terms of uh, Timbler Island, um, Trinity East uh, Islands, and uh, we're planning to do some work on Raccoon Island as well uh, that's coming up. And then kind of related to the HNC project that I mentioned earlier is uh, increasing the uh, Atchafalaya River flow uh, into Terrebonne. So uh, water, obviously, in, in the rivers is very important to our coast. I mentioned that in the southeastern portion of the state. That's certainly uh, true in the south-central portion of the state as well. Uh, getting that sediment and nutrient-rich uh, river water from the Atchafalaya into parts of uh, western and eastern and even Terrebonne Parish that uh, – uh, are really lacking with uh, freshwater and sediment input is uh, important as well. So that'll be advancing this year as well. So we covered Hopedale. We stopped in Homa. Now we got to make it all the way to Holly Beach, Bren. So let's not forget about our friends in Southwest Louisiana. And of course, you know, we, we're always thinking about the folks in Southwest Louisiana um, who are still in many ways feeling the impacts of Hurricane Laura and, and other devastating storms. So tell us about some of the work that's being done in Southwest Louisiana to help restore and protect those communities. Absolutely. So we're, we're planning to continue some of the uh, Gulf shoreline stabilization projects uh, in that portion of the state in Cameron Parish uh, in particular. Um, there's a project uh, associated with a, a uh, oil spill that happened uh, many years in the past, not the BP oil spill, but a different one at Long Point Bayou uh, that will be constructed this year. Cameron Meadows is another large-scale marsh creation project that's underway in that region, um, and, and there are many others as well. I'm not, I'm not good through all of them, or we'll, we'll be here too long. But um, the, the really kind of the linchpin project, though, in that region um, is the Calcasieu uh, Sabine large-scale marsh creation and hydrologic restoration project. And some of you may um, have been that have been following this may have know that as the Calcasieu Salinity Control Project. And we've had to uh, to pivot a bit on that project. And I, uh, while I, I don't like to um, take more time on, on projects than we have to. I am um, actually kind of proud of the fact that we've had to pivot here because uh, it demonstrates that we've allowed the science to point us, uh, we think, in the right direction. So um, we have a very robust monitoring system across coastal Louisiana that helps us evaluate things like salinity levels and uh, soil surface elevations and many other environmental factors. And uh, after evaluating much of that and doing a, essentially a basin-wide analysis on that area, uh, it, it became apparent that perhaps the solution we were striving for was not going to solve the problems in that region. And so rather than uh, concentrating on controlling salinities in the ship channel there, it became apparent we needed to um, concentrate more on getting more sediment into those wetlands and um, allowing uh, sort of the natural hydrology of the area in terms of drainage and so forth 
uh, really drive the health of those wetlands. And so we've taken some time, uh, admittedly, to, uh, to, to shift the focus of that project, but we're getting close um, and are looking forward to making some significant project, progress excuse me, on that project here in the near future as well. Brent, I know Jacques touched on it a little bit, but unfortunately, we've had the dev- devastating hurricane seasons from Holly Beach to Hopedale, and I know that y'all continue to think about recovery and not just in terms of like disaster funds and um, additional levy protection, but y'all also think about restoration ahead of that um, protection as well. So just just wanted to make the point that y'all continuously to think about that. Of, co- of course, y'all prepare for these hurricanes, um, but as part of, of the look back, you think about, okay, what areas do we need to protect further with levies and with restoration? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and those projects I mentioned uh, in the Southwest are, are key, you know, examples of that. So if you think about Lake, the Lake Charles area and Calcasieu Parish, their, their protection is to the south of them. It's the landscape to the south of them. It's Calcasieu, or excuse me, Cameron Parish. And so all of those projects that I was talking about earlier that um, um, improve the health of the landscape of Cameron Parish really serve as that risk reduction or, or hurricane protection feature for, for points north uh, within Cameron Parish as well, but certainly for the metropolitan areas north like Lake Charles. Um, uh, when you th- that, And that's sort of thinking back with a mind towards certainly Hurricane Laura and Delta. If you think about this past hurricane season, Hurricane Ida, um, you know, a, a significant amount of land was lost in Lower Barataria and Jefferson Parish uh, and in Plaquemines Parish. And so you'll see uh, in this year's annual plan that we touched on earlier, uh, some projects to really get at uh, some of those areas. A large marsh creation project is, is planned uh, in Lafouse Parish. Uh, there are projects in there to try to improve the um, uh, tidal uh, flood risk reduction system in the areas around Lafitte that were just so hardly hit, so badly hit by Hurricane Ida last year. So, Bryn, let's talk about paying for this plan, right? My favorite, my favorite subject. Um, how can we pay for all of this? Um, for, former chairman and and now someone important, um, Jerome Zarang once said, "There's like 42 different funding sources for coastal." Um, but but one way we option that we have this year, or potential that we have this year, is actually surplus money. Um, so surplus money here in Louisiana can only be spent on one time expenditures. And um, y'all make a great point about how coastal restoration and protection are great investments, right, for those one-time expenditures, which are almost always, you know, projects. So tell us more about that request in front of the Louisiana legislature, well, not today, but in in general, that they're considering um, this session. Yeah, and so that, that you're absolutely right, and and we um, at the Coastal Protection Restoration Authority are, are fortunate in that when the state um, uh, when the state itself is fortunate enough to realize a, a budget surplus from one year to the to the next, we're one of just a few eligible categories um, that the legislature can choose to expend those funds on. And so, in fiscal year 21, state fiscal year 21, there was a, a budget surplus that was realized. Um, that budget surplus uh, can be spent in this upcoming fiscal year. And uh, we uh, have been asked to, or were asked to develop a list worth of about $150 million worth of, of projects um, to present to the administration and the legislature uh, for hurricane risk reduction and for restoration along our coast. And so 
Um, you'll see that in our annual plan. It's in fact on page 106 for those that might be following along in their plan. Um, but a number of projects in there, some of which I just alluded to, the the Lafouche um, uh, Marsh Creation Project, some of the work that's being proposed um, in the Greater Lafitte area, the Grand Bayou Ridge Restoration and Canal Backfilling Project, the Ted Gisclair Lock Structure, um, more Morganza to the um, Gulf improvements, both in North Lafouche and in Terrebonne, uh, LaBranch Shoreline Protection Project, the Chafalaya Basin Program, Restoration Partnerships, uh, Cameron Shoreline, Southwest Coastal Project, um, and that, that's not quite all of them. That's most of them that we have requested for this year. But those have been proposed as part of our annual plan, and again, we'll need to go through the approval process at the legislature uh, as part of our annual plan and the surplus um, surplus dollar allocations that they're um, they're working on right now over in the state capitol. Well, speaking of the state capitol, um, the fund continues next week. And, you know, I feel like Louisiana's coast should always be front and center at the state capitol and among the legislature, but it certainly will be next Tuesday, April 5th during Coastal Day. Um, as a reminder, folks can join um, our coalition and others to highlight the importance of Louisiana's coast to our state leaders next Tuesday, April 5th at the Capitol. But Bren, let's talk a little bit about the day. Um, what are some of the events that are being planned as part of the overall Coastal Day? And, and really, what do you hope to get out of it um, this coming Tuesday? Yeah, so we're, we're very excited about this upcoming Coastal Day. Uh, as you mentioned, Tuesday, April 5th, um, we've got a number of activities planned, not just on, on the 5th, actually, but we'll be beginning uh, kicking some of those off on April 4th or actually some, uh, some presentations that will be occurring um, over uh, the, the few days ahead of that as well. And I'd, I'd like folks, if they're interested, to go to our website, coastal.la.gov, to access information and, and how to participate in those things. But there will be, um, uh, on the 4th, a, a, a partner-led, so not necessarily led strictly by CPRA, but by many of our partners that we do work with. So a lot of the work that's going on in the coastal program is done by levy districts, by parishes, by NGOs. Um, or by local municipalities and towns, um, but it's restoration work that supports the coastal master plan or protection work that supports the coastal master plan. Uh, and so we'll have an opportunity on Monday the 4th um, for folks to present projects that will be going to bid in the next 12 to 18 months, our partners to present that information. Um, so that folks that might be interested in doing that work, being involved in the coastal economy, uh, can learn what's coming up, get some information on that, and hopefully get involved. Um, the following day, on the 5th, we'll be doing a very similar uh, thing that will be led by CPRA. That'll be uh, from 3 o'clock to 4.30 in the afternoon. Um, we'll, we'll be presenting to uh, anybody that wants to, to listen, but primarily the, the folks doing coastal work along the coast uh, um, what, uh, what projects will be coming up, and again, so that they can get involved in that. One of the things that we've heard um, is that there are a lot of folks that want to get involved in the coastal economy that, uh, that perhaps are not sure how to break in, not sure exactly who to talk to. And so one of the things we're also doing on the 5th is hosting a business-to-business -business, uh, networking, essentially, event uh, at 11 o'clock that morning. Uh, and so we've invited uh, businesses and contractors, uh, suppliers, you name it, that might be interested in the coastal program and getting involved in the coastal program, doing work with us and helping out with our mission uh, to be able to communicate with each other, uh, meet each other and talk about um, 
uh, you know, on the one hand, what some uh, companies may need, and on the other hand, what other companies may be able to, to provide. A little later that day, about 1 o'clock, there'll be a briefing with the governor. Uh, the New Orleans District Colonel, uh, Colonel Murphy, will be here as well uh, to talk about the status of the coastal program, the status of our coast, um, and some of the things that we've already discussed in terms of what's in our annual plan as well. And then later in the day, there'll be a little opportunity for some uh, for a little fun. We'll have some uh, uh, tours for folks who are interested in seeing the Center for River Studies. Uh, and there'll be a little bit of a social event, a crawfish bowl uh, here on the water campus that we're looking forward to getting people here, uh, being able to see what the our offices are, where they are, what they look like, and uh, what the water campus is all about. So lots to do on um, next Tuesday, April 5th, and, and the fun even starts before then. Um, so <laughs> so remind folks one more time where they could find information um, on that day. Um, and also, I, w- I want to give you a plug about your annual plan, too, but remind folks first. Absolutely. So any of what I just discussed can be found on our website. It's uh, coastal.la.gov. Almost all, all of what I've discussed can be found on just the front page, um, either under um, press releases or news or some of the banners that you'll see scrolling across the top of our uh, of our landing page, uh, coastal.la.gov. Yeah, and my favorite little secret is that um, if you miss a CPRA meeting, that you can actually go into the calendar and archives and all the presentations are still posted there. So thank you for letting folks still access that um, information, even though they might not be able to make it to Baton Rouge or view it online. Um, But I I do want to take a second to um, applaud you for your efforts in um, the annual plan and the new viewer that is associated with that. Um, it, y'all created something really beautiful there, but also really informational and accessible to folks so they can, um, you know, look past the tables and, um, you know, and that, hey, some people find those tables like super fun. Um, but um, I think it, it actually is just a beautiful way to to make things more accessible, to really translate what y'all are doing it to the communities that you're doing it for. So shout out to you and your team uh, for creating a viewer. I would encourage folks to take a look at that as well and kind of play around. There's pictures and there's some other things there as well. So kudos to you and your team. Well, thank you for that. And I, I, we're excited about that as well. And I think, um, I think we're kind of just scratching the surface there. That's uh, something that we're going to be building off of and expanding uh, in the coming years. So we intend to make it uh, hopefully bigger and better. So, Bren, we know that you're really, really busy, and we thank you for your time. You're not getting out of here without a fun question. Um, but first, you know, you, we talk about how busy you are, and, and we talk about how crazy it's been so far. But let's just take a second. What what are you looking forward to most in 22? I mean, it's only it's the end of March, right? You know, we're not even halfway through. But what, what helps you to go to work every day and look past the craziness um, that you're looking forward to this year? Oh, well, that's a that's a great question. I yeah, I am harder looking harder than to, the fun question. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, no, I think I, there's there's lots of stuff I have to to look forward to certainly, and I think we as a as a state have to look forward to, um, and a coastal community have to look forward to in 2022. The first is really a, a wish, not necessarily something to concretely look forward to, but it's a hopefully a, a slower than uh, than normal hurricane season. 
uh, or slower than many of the uh, recent hurricane seasons that we've had. Um, the, the coast could use a break, and uh, it sure would be nice to, to have a, uh, um, a not-so-eventful hurricane season this year. But uh, I think second to that, certainly I'm very much looking forward to um, the final EIS for the Mid-Barrier Sediment Diversion uh, being finalized first and then released and then uh, having a record of decision uh, on that. And I would, I would sort of second that up, um, um, second but not certainly uh, any less, but uh, same thing for the reintroduction of the Mississippi River to the Marpaw Swamp Project. Those are, those are two biggies, and um, we've been working on those literally for years and uh, very excited to, to get um, to final EISs and records of decision so that uh, we can begin to make some construction project on those. I talked about already the Calcasieu um, uh, Marsh Creation and Hydrologic Restoration Project in the southwestern portion of the state. We do certainly anticipate making some really good progress on that this year. That's huge for the southwestern portion of the state. Very much looking forward to that. Um, and then really statewide, um, you know, we've, we have um, part of our risk reduction strategy is what we call non-structural. It's a horrible term, but it means elevating homes and floodproofing businesses and so forth. And so we've, we've had some small but significant successes um, with Terrebonne Parish, for example, and Jefferson Parish as well. Um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to expanding those and uh, to, to many other portions of the state, Cameron Parish, Calcasieu Parish, St. Tammany, Plaquemines, um, and others. Um, and so those are some of the things I think that uh, we've got a real opportunity to to uh, make some good progress on in the upcoming uh, upcoming year and things that uh, certainly motivate motivate me to to continue to come into this building and work with the good people that we work with. So, Brent, you gave like a pause. You're like, I'm looking forward to the final. And I'm like, four, of course. Like, <laughs> obviously, um, taking over New Orleans this weekend, I was going to yeah. ask you about your bracket, but you got serious on me and wanted to talk about diversions. So, um, but um, so our fun question is not related to the final four. Um, a favorite person of mine in your building over there. Um, uh, is an avid scouting fan and in fact purchases Girl Scout cookies um, from from you know sweet little girls that are selling them. Um, so I have to ask you, Bren, your fun question is what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Oh, that's that's a that's an easy one and I can't think of the <laughs> name of it. You'll have to tell me the name, but it's the peanut butter ones. What are those? What are those uh, called? Sandwich or patty. Be clear. There you sandwich go. or patty. So which uh, one do you like? The, the, the patty. The uh, chocolate and peanut butter. Those. Yes. Those are called tagalongs. Tagalongs. Yes. yes I yes. could eat three or four boxes of those in one city. <laughs> so um, I gave them up for Lent, right? And so I have this like desperate, like there's not going to be any left by the time Lent is over. And so I have like this squirrel stash of uh, so um, if you get really desperate, let me know. I can hook you up. Um, but but I got my own little stash put off to the side. So I need to I need to ask avid listener Grandy what what his favorite are. Um, anyway, so um, but thank you. That says a lot about you. Um, Jacques, do you want to close out? Uh, you do stat and I do voice. Oh, I guess we should thank Bren. Thank you, Bren. <laughs> thank you all, guys. I appreciate it. I was going to say thank you so much, Bren, for being on and best of luck. We know things are very busy for you all, but, you know, seeing the amazing work you're doing um, certainly is just so, so great to see and the milestones you keep hitting. I feel like every year it's, it's bigger and better. So 
um, certainly welcome you back anytime you'd like. Um, so good luck next week and, and stay in touch. And now I'm happy to give the coastal stat of the week, um, which is that in 2022 saw the start of the Lake Bourne Marsh Creation Project in St. Bernard Parish. The project is a part of the large scale restoration strategy for the Pontchartrain Basin to reestablish the Bay Rim and intertidal marsh habitat in the area. Upon completion, the project will create and nourish approximately 2,700 acres of marsh on the southern shoreline of Lake Bourne and Shell Beach and will create over 200 non-government jobs in partnership with 11 different companies. And, and so that's awesome. Just one example of the work that's happening to build projects across Louisiana's coast and help protect communities. So um, my friend Bren totally, totally stole my thunder with the Coastal Voice of the Week because it was him and that CPRA has remained unwavering in our commitment to fortifying Louisiana's coast from Holly Beach to Hopedale. Um, so Bren reiterated that during our talk today. So we're, we're going to cover something else and that appeared as a joint op-ed from the Hill, um, also also in Bren Haas's own voice. Um, the sobering reality of climate change is already here. And while we can't entirely prevent its impacts, we do already have the knowledge and tools to protect ourselves. With stronger storms and intense floods becoming more and more frequent, we can't afford to stand on the sidelines and allow our vulnerable communities to bear the consequences. Policymakers from coast to coast have a unique opportunity to learn from Louisiana's hard-earned achievements and invest now in the long-term safety and resilience of our of their communities. Um, well said, well said. Um, just a reminder, you can add your coastal voice at mississippiriverdelta.org slash restore dash the dash coast. Yeah, and there are a number of events happening. As Simone mentioned, the weather is beautiful. It's spring. Folks are getting back outdoors. Um, big congratulations to our partners at Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana, who had a very successful celebration event in Crescent Park. From what I was told, it was completely sold out. There was great music, of course, with Louis Michaud at the Lost Bayou Ramblers and others. And if you want to get involved, um, the coalition has a number of upcoming volunteer opportunities. Uh, you can go to their website, crcl.org, but it's everything from oyster shell bagging to tree planting and more. So a lot happening in April. Go to crcl.org to learn more and sign up. And again, would like to thank Bren Haas for being on Delta Dispatches. Simone, it's great to connect with you again. And I know you, you're you going to be continuing to be yeah. busy. And uh, I'll out, be back uh, in the uh, summer. You can take <laughs> it from here. <laughs> no, no, we'll have good some more good episodes to come. But until then, um, thank you for listening. And we will see you all later, alligators.